Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of History Blogs. This is where truth can be as strange as fiction. And to guide you, it's your host, Alan. <laughs> yes, hello, welcome to another exciting episode of History Bluffs, where, as you heard earlier, truth can be stranger than fiction. Uh, as you know, my name is Alan, and as you might not know, the rules of the game. Three armchair historians will be sharing stories inspired by one word. Two of them will be accurate in their storytelling, and one of them will be a bluffer. So, without further ado, let's introduce the bluffs right now. We're gonna we're gonna bring them out like all of them. There they are. See, <laughs> we're just full of surprises here today. Good job so far. Thank you. Thank you. Well, here. since we're all here, we're gonna introduce you one at a time. Gina, this is more fun, Alan. This is more fun. <laughs> it's a group activity. Gina, say hi, please. Hi, folks. everybody in the world. Melanie, say hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, in the universe. And Carlos, uh, before you take a drink, introduce yourself. I am Carlos, and this is my thinking juice. <laughs> it's the thinking juice. Already ready. You're ready for a next phase of the old pandemic, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And, and the blizzard I'm in right now. Oh! Yeah, so we're Carlos, all in a we're, tropical we're climate, with the exception of Carlos. Carlos, uh, how you dealing with February in Chicago? Well, it was fine until last night when it started snowing at 11 p.m. and it has not stopped yet. Oh, no, fine. no thunder, not at all. 11 p.m. our time or your time? Oh, your time, because when I talk about where I live, I of course mentally change it for you first. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I love that about you, Carlos. That's so kind. Carlos <laughs> is very kind. History bluffs. We are going to have all of the uh, all of the experts here researching a topic. The word is William, and while our history bluffs or buffs are researching the word William, I'm going to do a little review on what the rules are. Which is one: we give them about two minutes to do their research. They can take as many notes as they like. They can either be a lie which might actually include some factual statements. For example, if something's taking place in the 1780s, uh, early 80s, they're going to say that uh, you know George Washington was the president. And you would, if they were to lie, you would know that there was a lie. So there's going to be a little bit of truth, but the crux of their statement, it's going to be a bluff. So if that's a lie, the whole thing is essentially a lie. Uh, and then the truth tellers... They're going to be educational. They're going to be informative. You're going to learn something after you hear these truth tellers tell you. Believe me. And also, they cannot use the audience for help. How you doing on that research? Do you still need a little bit more time? You're all good. Ready. I forget about it. Gonna fake it until I make it. <laughs> you sound very sure of yourself, Gina. Well, that's good. No, to I know. thought this is going to be so fun, and you're not going to know. Yeah, I'm not going to know. I don't actually know who the bluffer is. So it is, I, I don't know. And you, the audience, probably don't know either unless you've been texting our people. So we've got three rounds. Each of them are timed. Our first round is 75 seconds. And you know what I think it's time for? 
I think it's time for round one. So, I think it's uh, it's time to bring out our first panelist. Uh, I think it's Gina. Okay. Gina, I'm going to give you 75 seconds on the clock, okay. starting now. The year was 1828, and I transport you to Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, it's really Edinburgh. I don't know how to pronounce it. That part I can tell you is truthful. Um, but we are talking about Williams this evening, and so I would like to tell you about a gentleman named Robert Knox. Uh, Robert uh, is was a, a doctor. And the way that they did doctoring back then, uh, and Edinburgh was a very big center for this, is they had anatomical lectures that they would have in a theater-style setting. And the doctor would come in with a cadaver, and they uh, and he would do certain things, and they were sort of researching and studying. You remember, it's the 1800s. They're still not, they don't know everything that we know now. And so, um, and Robert Knox was not one of the more famous doctors. In fact, he was younger. Um, he would get his cadavers by, um, the law said that you get your cadavers uh, from suicide prison, uh, foundlings, which is where somebody thought that their child was uh, needed to be sacrificed to fairies in the woods. It was a superstition back then, it's true, um, and or orphans. However, um, it started to become su such that uh, people were not dying as fast as they needed bodies. So the gentleman who ran Hare's Lounge started uh, using a pooping. Oh, not, no. not lounge. Yeah. Round well, one. Round one. That is your time, Gina. Let's get some input from our other panelists. Carlos, do you have a, a, something to weigh in? Point of order, Mr. Host. I don't recall hearing the word William in all that history about William. Uh, also, I don't think that medical standards were high enough to restrict where they got cadavers. I feel like <laughs> if they had a cadaver, they would just use it. I think now... They would limit it from foundlings. No, but not back no. Then. Carlos, they didn't have find a cadaver, take a cadaver, leave a cadaver, take. They didn't have that back then. Oh, to the Seven Eleven rules for yeah, cadavers. Like, back yeah. then, do we have that now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I also, I have to be honest. The fact that in the middle of her story, Tina goes, "This is true." <laughs> me question if it is in fact true or Gina's just going to say this is true after every statement to throw at. That's sus. Valid, sus. valid point. Valid Dad. point, Melanie. An Dad. excellent point. Carlos with his uh, acknowledgement that he didn't catch the word William at any point except for maybe the very beginning where Gina's like, I'm not going to use the word William and then she continued. <laughs> and then uh, Melanie, very good point as well. As far as the the Seven Eleven rules regarding cadavers, then Melanie, I'm going to give you the center square, and you can proceed with your turn at round one, starting now. I'm going to start off by making it clear that I am speaking about a William, the one, the only William Sanford Nye. Now you might be saying to me, that sounds familiar, but I don't actually know that name, and that's because you probably know him better as. Phil Nye, the science guy. Yes, the one, the only, thank you, audience. Uh, you might know his theme song, Phil Nye, the science guy. Phil, Phil, Phil. I'd like to point out that I said Bill multiple times thus far, enhancing the topic of William. Now, 
I don't want to talk about his show, Bill Nye the Science Guy. We all know it. We all love it. Let's not do that. Uh, what I do want to talk about is other things that this wonderful human was involved in. And that includes, in 1991 to 93, Back to the Future, the animated series. Yes, that is correct. He was in a series that was animated that was based upon the Back to the Future movies. Now, you know what? I hate to say it. Hopefully no one involved is listening. The show wasn't that great. Didn't stick around so long. But Bill was on it. Okay, uh, he played Dr. Emmett Brown's assistant, and he demonstrated. Oh, we'll find out later what he demonstrated. <laughs> mm. Fascinating. Uh, I happen to know Carlos knows a lot about Back to the Future. Carlos, would you like to weigh in on what you just heard? Madam, I know Back to the Future. Back to the Future is a close friend of mine, mine being a huge fan since childhood, madam. And you, madam, have just concocted an animated series that I cannot recall. Okay? <laughs> And you tried to hide it underneath a real guy. You think just because you use a real person, you can create a fake story. And we're like, well, Bill Nye's real. So obviously, Melanie's telling the truth about this fake cartoon. Wow. Wow. That is some, that is some accusations flying there from Carlos. You know I had the being on a trilogy. You know what Bill Nye would say to that, Carlos? You're being an electron. Pretty negative. <laughs> oh, oh, Again, I'm sure he would. That doesn't make this concocted thing true. Good job, Melanie. You just bunsened him because he got burned. <laughs> oh, I love it. That oh, was no. almost a Muppet reference. That was really impressive, Gina. <laughs> I do Gina, know do you have anything else to weigh in on what I'm, Melanie I'm just presented? Of, I'm piggybacking on Carlos, and I'll tell you why. Because... I feel I, I was with you. I really was because I watched his show, all the things. Um, but I feel like when you said it was a show based on Back to the Future, but you got to say it was based on Back to the Future, then I feel like that's such bull. Because why would you? It's just like either it was or it wasn't. You can't steal. There's a thing called copyright infringement, and he would never do that. I trust him. And so I feel like you're already – and, like, also you filled up part of your time with the song. That's just – I feel like there's there's holes. There are holes. Okay. It is a good song. It, it is. I agree. I, I sang along, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I happen to have quite a bit of cartoon knowledge, and, uh, you know, I'm not actually going to weigh in because uh, I, I seem to I seem to have some memories that gives some, or might not give some, validity to Melanie's story. Uh, but knowing that, I'm going to move player. on to my hey, next panelist who hasn't had a shot yet for round one. And that panelist is Senor Carlos. You ready, Carlos? I am ready. Go for it. As everyone knows, the name William in French is Guillaume. And I'm not going to talk today about Robert Guillaume, the great actor, which I could... But I'm going to talk about Guillaume Lesange. This is a gentleman that was involved in the French Revolution in the late 1700s, early 1800s. Let's talk about his uh, youth, okay? He was poor in his youth. He wasn't foundling poor, but he was poor, okay? But he was still able to study law in Paris because he got a scholarship because he was a smart, 
dude and he was admired for his abilities but you know he was a little too serious at times he was a little too dedicated so that isolated him from other folks and from easy companionship okay so he eventually went to practice law he gained some reputation as a good lawyer and he soon became under the influence of a guy named jean-jacques rousseau and his theories of democracy and diism and his emphasis on virtue and civic morality and these things were important to him and they come important later in the story all right fantastic wow i didn't know we were going to get into the french revolution by the way carlos while you didn't use the word william i'm glad that you used the french translation of the word william somehow tying william into your story a note for Gita. Gita, on that note, you can comment on how you felt about Carlos's story. I just would like to say that this man is a lawyer and he became under the influence of the sea guy, the guy that does all the fishies, the, the fish guy, the one that has the, 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 the boat. Jean-Jacques Rousseau, are you calling yeah, Jean-Jacques Rousseau a sea guy? Like Cousteau? That's oh, the joke. no, That's I didn't say joke. Cousteau, I said Rousseau. Those are different people, uh, Gina. <laughs> so I have no, he has no holes in his <laughs> Speaking yeah. of different people, let's ask a different person her opinion. Melanie. Yeah, yeah. I I am going to be honest. Uh, the fact that he said Rousseau three different ways in the story and after the story makes me question if the accent and the emphasis was just to throw me, as well as the list of big words at the end, I think I was <laughs> hoping that I would just tune out and assume it was right because I didn't understand, which was a good tactic. But the extra Russo pronunciation kind of brought me back into it. So I feel like th there's some sentence structure, there's some, some pronunciation issues that make me think like, if you press Carlos a little too much, we're gonna find the weak spots of this story. Mmm, fascinating theory there. Our our panelists are challenging each other, which is great because there's going to be even more challenges coming up in the next round, and we've cleverly called that round number... Yes. That's right. This time, we are going to start round two with Miss Melanie... And Melanie is going to have a little bit less time than that previous round. She's only going to get 60 seconds starting now. Okay. Uh, everyone was really focused on the existence of this show, so I'm going to focus in on it, okay? Back to the Future, the animated series. You heard me say, uh, Dr. Emmett Brown's assistant, he demonstrated, and I got cut off to finish that. So Bill Nye's character uh, demonstrated the science activities who... Dr. Emmett Brown was explaining at the end of the episode. And to clarify, maybe I didn't seem confident. I'm going to seem confident right now, okay? This was a science fiction television series. It was a comedy. It was based on the Back to the Future trilogy, okay? Wasn't as good. Went away. It was based upon it, okay? <laughs> so it had some reruns. It had some different things. That doesn't matter. So even though the series came after the film, the person who made it says it kind of exists in its own alternate timeline, what if universe. So it's not 100% tied into the film. So it doesn't have to make 100% sense and connect, okay? Thank you. Melanie, <laughs> with 
<laughs> almost exclusively defending the validity of her story, they're doubling down on the, the existence of a cartoon that um, I'm going to say aired on Saturday mornings. Carlos, did you watch any Saturday morning cartoons in the early 90s? I watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, all right? And Melanie is doth protesting too much. <laughs> okay, because if there was an animated version of Bill Nye in an animated Back to the Future, we would have seen stills or memes so, or something. So to answer your question, the science section at the end was a live action part. So oh, how convenient! The part at the end of the animated so you're adding this now. Science. Ooh, mm. I'm just gonna, you're just gonna crack a beer, sit back, and watch these two go at it. <laughs> oh. You know who else can go at it? Gina, what is your opinion on Melanie's description oh, of the animated Back that to the Future? 60 seconds of nothing. That's what that was. The 60 seconds of, let me tell you why that Back to the Future thing was real, which doesn't tell us any more about Bill Nye. So, mm. I mean, I'm, I know Melanie's a star, smart woman. I know she's got more, but I felt cheated. Hey, Alan. Thing. Alan. Yes, sir. When Melanie hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to hear some serious bullshit. Oh, <laughs> wow. You can clock it. Wrong. Art accusations from Carlos. Uh, Carlos, that's a great segue because uh, we're going to give you 60 seconds on the clock starting now. Guillaume Lassange. All right, so he's elected to the state's general's office in 1789, and he has influence that grows steadily until he becomes the leader of the Jacobin Club, and he finds himself at a national constituent assembly. He tries to champion democratic elections, but he fails, but he successfully backs a law that makes members of the constituent assembly ineligible to sit in a legislative assembly which succeeded it, okay? All right, so now in 1792, he opposes war proposals of the Girondist, okay? And But his opposition makes him lose popularity, but this was only temporary. And he was elected to the Commune of Paris uh, set up on August 10th, all right, in 1792. Now, but here's the thing, that it takes a dark turn. This dude turns and he's bad. I'm going to get to that next. Wow. Carlos. I I don't know if I'm listening to a history buff or watching Les Miz. Let's see what the opinion is on some of our panelists. Melanie, would you like to weigh in here? I, I'm going to say the same thing that you were just saying, Alan. It feels like we're entering into a production, a theatrical production about a person who's not real, but is the center of a script. And Carlos is getting into it. Carlos is becoming the characters. He's becoming the writer. He's a part of the entire production. He's playing it up. But this is a history show, okay? We're looking for some facts. Not mm. the oh, strong accusations here. Ooh, yes. Dropping the book that is or is not from history. Gina, what's your opinion on what yes. Carlos just delivered? I I just, I was with him. I was so with him. I'm like, yes, he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. But then he talks about this guy, Geome, getting into politics. But then after he was done with politics, he turned bad. I don't believe that. <laughs> I mean, doesn't, aren't politicians usually, especially at that point, really bad. So I don't think that he had the, the negative time in his life had already come. So I can't see how it could get any worse. 
But I am intrigued, but I also don't believe it. All right. Well, intriguing, yes. So was Les Miserables. And also, <laughs> was that not a work of fiction? I don't even know. It could have been based on a true story. I, I, I didn't watch the French Revolution. There you go. Well, yes, obviously the French Revolution happened. I don't know if those characters were real, though. Were they, Carlos? I don't know from Les Mis. See, exactly. I'm talking so, about history, not a musical. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to get to the truth. But Gina, I will give you your full 60 seconds oh. starting now. So the cadavers were in short supply. And to answer your question from before, that was because people would take big pieces of cement and put them on their graves, their loved ones. They don't want them robbed. And they also did these things called mort safes, which are like scaffolding that went over and locked and all that stuff just to keep people from robbing graves. So it was becoming harder and harder for Robert Knox to get bodies. So one night at the Hare House, which was sort of this lounge that was owned by two Williams, actually, um, who met, I know, I know, there are two Williams on this law, this uh, house, this like lodging house. And they met, they were drinking buddies. One night, one of their guys that was staying at the lodge was start, starting to become ill. So he died in the lodge. So then William Hare had this idea and he's like, you know, what we could do is we could take him to Robert Knox and we could get some money. And they did. They got seven pounds. It was in the summer. They get paid more for bodies in the winter. Anyway, he got seven pounds, which is more than what people sometimes even made in a week back then. Wow. Gina, Gina, props to you for finally incorporating the word of the day. We're always proud of Gina when she finally gets to it. Carlos, what did you think of that chapter of her story? Oh, I think it's convenient that she just remembers two people named William, no last name, in the second part of her story. I okay. think it's very convenient. And apparently the people in the 1800s had enough resources to put, uh, what, was, what was it called, the club? Uh, Lojack, they're, they're the cadavers of their, of their relatives. Like, they had to worry about surviving and living and not smelling like crap every day. They don't have time to protect dead bodies. You know what they did do, though? They were allies of the French in the French Revolution. So that's all. Oh! Who did the bodies? Who are you talking no, about? No, not the dead bodies. They don't take people from prisoners. I mean, they don't take war people. That's against the law. Wow, Melanie, you've heard a lot of information there. What what would you say to this? I I feel I feel like Williams are not connected to Gina's story at all and that those people's names are something completely different and she just needed to go from 0 to 2 Williams quickly. And I think this story is totally made up and if you go and look up pieces of it, maybe maybe there maybe there's some some little bit little bits of truth, but there's not those people. They're not Williams, they're not Neil, and she's forcing a William onto these humans. Two of them. Wow. Well, you know, I like to celebrate when Gina finally gets on topic, but she got shot down by our panelists. So uh, there's only one way to get past round two, and that's through round three. This time, it's appropriate to start round three, and we're going to start round three with our panelist, Carlos. You are going to have to deliver your wrap-up in a mere half a minute, 30 seconds, starting now. Okay, so Guillaume, last name, Lassange, because he has one, because people do, he gets elected to the Committee of Public Safety, and his power and his prestige are growing, but there's dangers of foreign invasion and an urgent need to maintain order, lead the community, uh, you know, 
so there was a collective effort to inaugurate a reign of terror. Uh, okay, so you know the name of Lesange is always associated with it because of his prominence on the committee. He opposed both or the extreme left and the right. He eventually oh. was hung because he was considered a traitor at some point. Wow, Carlos coming in just after the buzzer, but that information still got through. Gina, what did you think of what you heard? I did not see that coming. I, I thought that he was going to have a long and fruitful life as a William, and he did not. Um, who did he uh, treason against? Uh, the French. He got, he got crazy with power, and they're yeah. like, no, no, you're not a good dude. Because okay. he was isolated from his youth. He just you know, didn't connect with people. That very much relates to what's happening in the world right now. It itself. <laughs> Disturbing, yes. That's my only comment. I've no, I, I'd have to ruminate on that a little bit more because that was a surprise. I really got thrown, if I'm being honest. Melanie, what's your opinion? You know, I do think uh, there are a lot of people connected to that time that got hung. I mean, it's very possible that he was considered a traitor no matter what he did. Uh, so that both makes me think it's true and it's not because it's an yeah. easy thing to grab onto. So I'm conflicted in which way I lean towards with that last bit of information that was thrown right at the end. So no yeah. additional information can come out. Mm. And more accusations against Carlos's validity. Gina, it's time for you to wrap up the validity oh. of your story with a mere half a minute starting now. All right. One evening in the hair house, a guy got a fever and um, William, both of the Williams, they killed him to make the seven pounds. Then they started just literally working in tandem to kill people in the hair house. What their flawless method was is that one would feed them whiskey and the other person would sit on them until they suffocated. And then they would drag the body in chests to Robert Knox. Now, Robert said he wasn't aware of this but he took the bodies and eventually his theater was full of 400 people people came from miles just to watch him work wow <laughs> oh my goodness you want to know the I end mean, that was gina you had 30 seconds if you All wanted right. to get to the end you would have skipped to the end right. was <laughs> it that good of an ending I'm yes. sure it was, but we won't hear it. Uh, Melanie, what do you think of that story? I, 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 I'm, I think I'm broken with the idea that you give someone whiskey and then sit on them till they die. Like I think that really kind of threw me. Like, do you sit on their stomach? Are you like, are you suffocating? I, I assume face sitting. I assume she's saying that one of the Williams face sat the person. Okay, I have a lot of questions. I don't want. I don't think I can um, <laughs> adequately express all of my concerns with what was just said. Speaking of face like sitting, let's see the face of the person who brought up face sitting. Carlos, what is your opinion here? So the Williams weren't just this offshoot. Now they're actually involved in the story, but for whatever reason, she doesn't mention them in the first 75 seconds, even though they are the key, the linchpin to the whole thing. If this was true, why would Gina not have said there are two Williams and we'll get to them soon? But first, let me set up the story. That's how you would have said it if it were true. There you have it. There's the rebuttal. But wait, we're not yes. going to forget our third panelist like I did the previous round. We're going to get our time with Melanie to wrap up her story in 30 seconds starting now. Okay, 
So Bill Nye was performing scientific experiments at the ends of these episodes, again, live action. He was also the show's technical advisor. The science experiments were connected to the theme and the topics of the week. Guess what? It was popular. People loved it. They wanted more. They liked Bill. They liked his science experiments. They liked how he taught them. And you know what that means? This was a show that marked Bill Nye's debut on a nationally broadcast television. But guess what was next? Because of the segment's popularity, he got his show, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Wow. I'm loving the intrigue of this story. Gina, what is your opinion here? Oh, she missed a part. First, he was on the banana splits. And then, <laughs> do you think nobody, what? nobody? Did, Nobody remembers what, Bill Nye. Now I, well, I knew the banana splits. I had no idea Bill Nye had anything to do with them. Tell oh, Now yeah. I need some insight here, Gina. What was Bill Nye's contribution to the banana splits? Same thing he did on his show, but he did it on the banana splits with a whole bunch of stuffed monkeys. It's great. Like, it was great. And now I'm wondering if you're bluffing, Gina. Why would I that, do that? I love the banana that. splits are aired 20 years or, or 15 years before uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy or or the early 90s. No, did you never see it? I saw it. I was a child when I saw it. How is okay. no? It must have re- rebooted Banana Splits. I'm just saying. I saw it. It was fun. Can Gina bluff about my story? Is that, is That's that fascinating. I, I'm yeah, not sure the validity of the rebuff. <laughs> the, the re- can you double bluff, Alan? What's your take, Mr. Is, Host? Is the rebuke a bluff? It's a rebuff, I guess. Uh, Carlos, I didn't hear your take here on... Uh, Oh, I have a take. Now now it's all. Gina put the final piece in the puzzle, okay? So Melanie decided to take the fact that this Bill Nye got, well, he's real. Okay, Bill Nye was in this show, Bananas in Pajamas or whatever. And she said, oh, let me change that to, I don't know, Back to the Future, whatever. I just saw a reaction video the other day. People don't buy that. Oh, he was in Back to the Future, not Bananas in Pajamas or whatever. And that's how he got his own show. See, she's trying to use a real person and something that kind of happened, but she changed it because it's not true. Wow. Because if the man got a show from the Back to the Future show, I would know about the Back to the Future show. Fascinating. Fascinating. There's a lot of information here. Some of it's not true. There's only one way to find out, isn't there? We're going to have to find out who is the bluffer. Was it Gina, Melanie, or Carlos? Well, only our announcer knows for sure. Isn't that right, announcer Adam? Well, that's right, Alan. Thank you so much. I'm going to reveal whether it was, in fact, Gina, or if it was Melanie, or if it was Carlos. You just wait. The bluff tonight, the one who pulled the wool over your eyes, has been... Carlos! (laughs) Yes, which of course means that... Oh, hi. Of course I guess the animated series. I know that. I know everything back to the future. I remember I'm like, Carlos has to know. show with delightful experiments from Bill Nye and Christopher Lloyd live action. That's true. I was so moments. Carlos, you bluffed the host. Because I was thinking this is something you should know about. And you almost gave it away, host. 
I did almost give it away. That's absolutely true. Carlos, how did it feel lying about something that you love so much? It hurt. That's what this is for. Hey, Melanie, how did it feel when I brought the bananas bananas split into it? Was that true? I think that's a lie. He was on it, but not before his show. Well, the banana splits were not airing after Bill Nye the Science Guy. No, they did. Look it up. Because they had okay. segments. Bill Nye the Science Guy was one of the segments. And I don't know when they edited it, but. <laughs> I thought banana splits were solely a dessert, so you brought it up, and I was just like, I have no concept. So They're like big stuffed monkeys, and they're like, but live action, you know, kind of thing. Well, I think that's all the debating we have for today. All of us seem to have our opinions on early 90s cartoons and 1970s shows with people in giant puppet suits dressed up as monkeys and driving around in go-karts. Adam, take us out. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. We will be back. You know when. Join us next week. Study up your history. Good night.